And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mark Schindler and Daniel Lehman as our producer. And we are going to start with the worst trade in NBA history, which is the Phoenix Suns giving up Mikhail Bridges for Kevin Durant. Why on earth would you trade away clearly the best player in the NBA right now? Uh, Mikhail was unreal tonight against Miami. Like... This, this Nets team has been a blast to watch since the trade deadline. Like, clearly going to have some some inherent flaws in, in how they're built when Spencer Dinwiddie's running most of your offense. But Mikhail's showing stuff, man. Like, this was, what, what career high tonight? I, he broke the season high. I was like, oh, okay, this is getting exciting. And then he started cooking Jimmy Butler down the stretch. Like, in isolation, it's not just... He's coming off curl screens or pin downs like his usual. Like It's like, okay, no, we're just going to give you the ball at the top of the key, take Jimmy Butler one-on-one, and his release points are so high that it doesn't matter sometimes. His handle is really looking crisp. This is an awesome game for him tonight, man. So, Mikhail Bridges, this is a stat line. 45 points, 17 for 24 shooting, eight rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and two steals. Like, that's those are Kevin Durant numbers there. <laughs> and they and they won. They beat the the Heat one sixteen to one hundred five. They still have a thirty three and twenty four record heading into the All Star break, and they're a league pass darling. All of a sudden, they're a team you want to root for. All of a sudden, um, they're still playing well, even though they have like the worst player in the NBA and Ben Simmons continuing to be a disaster somehow. And he played twenty minutes and had five fouls and two points. That's a whole mess. We can get into in another episode. So I feel like we keep beating into the ground. But like Cam Thomas had nineteen. He went six for 11 from the field. Spencer Dewey took four shots in this game. I don't even know how to explain that. And then Cam Johnson, he had 18 points. He had a really nice game with an amazing reverse finish too. Yeah. Um, it's just like, obviously, like you mentioned, I think there's not like quite, I mean, Mikhail's becoming that one guy. I mean, he is like their quote unquote blue chip guy that they're going to be um, active around and, and hoping to, to funnel things into. And I think, you know, it was funny, like, obviously down the stretch, I'm like, you know, Cam Thomas can be like, man, I, I want to take 24 shots again, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, but, no, it's uh, it's hard to not not feel pretty good about what this is looking like. Obviously, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it organizationally than feeling good about having uh, having Mikhail Bridges on your roster. But um, for what tonight was and the things that he's starting to show, um, I'd be pretty excited as a Nets fan. I mean, what what is he doing differently this season, and what has this incredible free reign that he has to really run the offense? What is that allowing him to do that he wasn't even showing when he was in Phoenix a few weeks ago? Yeah, so to me, the free reign that's new. Like I, I'm not, I'm not like I mean, we've we've seen him handle stuff on you know coming down the break, 
Um, we've seen him do tons of stuff off secondary actions, you know, getting to run some pick and roll. Um, he was really ramping up the last couple of weeks in Phoenix, especially with all the injuries that they had. I think that was like the byproduct was him getting a lot more reps. And I think it got undersold how uh, how real some of the flashes were from him and ways that he was starting to improve on the ball. I think that you could really get a vibe of, you know, what does this look like when Phoenix has everyone back together? Um, how, well, you know, what is his hierarchy in the offense? Because it felt like he was hitting a point where you can legitimately say, you know, he's really made real strides as an on-ball guy. And um, now I think you're just seeing that extrapolated in 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 Brooklyn. Um, he, he got way more aggressive. He was getting deeper paint touches. Um, he was finding more ways to, I mean, like we saw tonight, it's not a, it's not like the, the cleanest shot diet, but for what his touch is and for, you know, the way that he's able to to blend everything together at his size and height, like it, it, I mean, he was 17 of 24 tonight. It wasn't exactly like he was um, just chucking and he got to the line a bunch too. So I think um, everything just is a little bit tighter for him and it's looking really, really good moving forward. Yeah. It, what's cool about the way his game is changing is you see this with some of these three and D guys that take that leap kind of in the middle of their careers. I mean, it's hard to remember Jimmy Butler at the beginning of his career was a stationary shooter. That's how a lot of these guys entered the league, but he also, he was a three point shooter, which is hilarious to think about now, but bridges we saw over the last year or two, he was mostly kind of playing in the corners and he started getting good enough to kind of dribble one or two dribbles into the paint, make some reads from there. Now, you know, when guys do that, they usually can only do a couple dribbles because they can't handle driving through contact, you know, going different angles, you know, controlling the help defense, all that kind of stuff. We're seeing now he can get multiple dribbles in there where he's comfortable. He can improvise, switch things up. His footwork is at the point now where he can use his body to, like, kind of shield the ball a little bit, like the kind of stuff you got to do as a star player. And then I don't really know what his finishes are, but like you were saying about his release point, he'll just get into the lane and like lean back and just throw the ball over his head and hit these floaters where it's like, could Wemba Yama sitting on Taco <laughs> Fall's shoulders even defend that shot? I don't really think so. Probably not. It's worth worth finding out, man. I mean, that's really that's what they should be doing at All Star Break. You know, the NFL is out here doing these All Star Breaks where it's like they're playing flag football, they're playing pin the tail on the donkey, they're doing anything but football to get people interested. They got to do all sorts of crazy stuff like that at the NBA uh, All Star Weekend. I want guys sitting on each other's shoulders. I want all sorts of weird acrobatic stuff. Like, let's get fun with it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The New Look Lakers beat the Pelicans 102. Nope. They beat them 120 to 102. A little bit of an anagram there. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, reportedly, according to Woj, there's mutual interest in a contract extension between him and the Lakers, which sounds ridiculous because of what's happened in D'Lo's career so far. 
and the fact that he just got to LA and then he goes out there and he goes eight for 10 from the line for 21 points. Yeah, this is a really good game from him tonight. And I think that you saw a lot of the things that, uh, that, that, you know, people who are optimistic about this trade were hopeful for. Um, I thought, you know, I mean, he, he, he cleaned up a lot in, in Minnesota as the year went on. Um, I think obviously, you know, there was still some stuff with the the passing that was underwhelming in terms of what his connection was with him and Rudy Gobert. But when you when you slide in what this is now, I thought he just like he has done the uh, optimal combo guard things of being a guy who can bring the ball up, who can slot off ball, who can be a a, a good accurate shooter, um, even off some movement, off some pull ups, um, and bring some secondary scoring and. Like, I'm, I think I just watched this Lakers team tonight, and all I can do is just – I mean, A, n- no shit. It's a completely different roster, but <laughs> I think it's it, – you just look at them, you're like, they're a competent basketball team. They have options where, like, you know, early on in the year, it's like, okay, well, Troy Brown runs secondary stuff because we have to kick you the ball and hopefully it works. And, like, no offense to Troy, like, he's honestly had a pretty solid season, but it's more like, okay, well, Troy Brown can be our sixth or seventh man now, and we have – Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt going out there doing hustle things. Like even with Rui, like he only finished with four points tonight, but they did good stuff of just like, okay, well, we're going to use you as a chess piece and try and take advantage against uh, some of New Orleans as small as if we get you on a switch. And um, they just can actually do things that are quote unquote versatile now um, and get the most out of their offense in a way that they weren't able to earlier in the year. And, um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I'm ready to give D'Lo the uh, the the extension yet, but um, if this is an indication of what the rest of the year is going to look like from him, I'm a uh, I'm optimistic about the the Lakers playoff chances. So maxim is what you're saying. Okay, got you. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the thing with D'Lo is always is this going to last? But you could see on those first few plays, they got off to what was an eight nothing run to start the game. Very first play, unsurprisingly, they run a play where D'Lo hands it off to LeBron. LeBron drives and kicks to let D'Lo be wide open. He hits a three. Then I think D'Lo lobbed it to AD, or or he hit LeBron, and he lobbed it to AD. The thing that we're seeing there is that you got two things. Like you're saying, D'Lo can be a combo guard, and LeBron can really be the one running most of the playmaking, and that plays to his strengths. And now he has a lob option that actually knows how to be a lob option in the AD. He's got LeBron there. Like he, he actually has the pieces around him that might fit his play style pretty well. So maybe D'Lo finally just has the roster he needs to actually play his best his best self and have the right responsibilities at work for him. And you know this Lakers team, you watch them with Malik Beasley flying around out there, Jared Vanderbilt bringing the energy. They actually look like an enjoyable team for the first time that we've seen all year or the first time we've seen since they won the championship, basically. Yeah, um, I think especially like what what you spoke to in this being kind of the right roster for D'Lo. Most importantly, I think, is that he doesn't have to be a lead decision maker. It's like, OK, well, A, you have somebody who you're playing alongside the greatest player of all time. Uh, it's hard to. Austin Reeves. <laughs> yes, it is Austin Reeves. Uh a bench for the second greatest player of all time, Lonnie Walker. But um, I think, yeah, exactly like you're mentioning. Like, it's just that there is a much more natural hierarchy in Los Angeles than there was in Minnesota. And uh, granted, this is not to, to slander Minnesota. I think part of that was just like that. That's as much of a uh, indicator of of where Delo's at as a player as it is with, you know, what, what Minnesota needs as a team right now. So, um, but he's been perfect for what the Lakers need. 
All right, our last game that we're getting into, it's the Sixers versus the Cavs, and Philadelphia won 118-112. to 112. They've won 13 of their last 15, and Joel Embiid is exhausted. He had 29 points, 11 for 12 shooting, 14 boards, 5 dimes. But what was interesting was he said after the game that his foot is sore, he's feeling it, and he might not even play in the All-Star game. So what do you think of him tonight? And what do you think about him not playing in the All-Star game? Uh, I thought he was, I mean, defensively, I thought he was really good. Um, Offensively, I mean, I think, you know, when you're contending against um, Jared and and Evan, I thought he did as well as he can. A lot of it's, and that's not not even to denigrate him. I mean, he had 29 points, but it's more like, okay, he had to do a lot of just doing stuff to get to the foul line. Um, I thought that's what was most impressive about tonight's game was the way that Embiid and Harden just kind of, uh, dominated out of pick and roll. Like Harden absolutely destroyed Evan Mobley a couple of possessions in a row with um, left to right crosses, totally shook him out after switches. Um, I thought, you know, Jarrett has been a borderline DPOY candidate all year, and I thought Joel just kind of beat up on him in the paint. Um, there was not really a lot of answers that they had from him. They did a really good job of getting him going on the move, which makes him so much harder to defend than if it's just a straight post up. Um, so I think that was really impressive in that essence, but it's exactly like your mission. I mean, this, they, they kind of aired out as, as, as the game went on, they got tired. Um, part of it was just the Cavs starting to hit shots as it came back. But, um, I do think we have seen a little bit of this tendency from the Sixers team to let up leads like this and let games get close again. Yeah. I mean, every team in the league does this nowadays, especially yeah. with the you know, pace and three point shooting, especially against a team like Cleveland, where you got. Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland combining for 60 points, 42 minutes for each of them. They weren't giving up on this one. It's the last game before the break. So these teams are either going to completely wilter or they're going to fight back. But it was just exciting to see Harden and Embiid really being in sync heading in for this stretch run. Because the way that they're playing right now, like they have a legit chance here to make the full run. I agree, especially with how well Maxi's been playing, too. I think it's been really fun to see the verve that that bench is getting. Um, like, uh, I mean, they, they go from, not that they play extremely slow in the starting lineup, but I think you go from playing with a little bit more methodical with Harden and Embiid. Um, and then you have Max just flying off the bench. Like he completely changes the pace of the game for them. And I think that adds such an important element, especially you add a guy like Jalen McDaniels too, who's a, a big transition player. Um, I'm I'm excited about how the Sixers are rounding out into form because exactly like you mentioned, like even Tobias Harris, like he only had 13 points tonight, but again, like he's brought really good elements this year on both sides of the ball. Um, PJ Tucker, as much as he is an eternal, like I sometimes you just have to question like what he brings offensively, but um, it works. And I, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for for this team moving forward and what they can be in the playoffs. All right, well, I'm very excited to wrap up this podcast because I got to go to bed and you guys got to start your day. So that's Mark Schindler. I'm Jared Weiss. Daniel Lehman made the show sound good. And we will see you tomorrow on The Daily Day. Ding, ding, y'all. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub. 
an official partner of The Athletic.